0: in the Agony Cast. Uh,
1: bleep blop blort. Hey look, it's another group of assholes who need attention. (laughs) And I'm Jeremy. Ooh, ooh.
2: I'm Nathaniel, used car salesman to the stars. Jingle, jangle, jingle, it's
0: Christmas in July. I'm Lars.
1: Okay, uh, those of you who are listening know how this car wreck works. Um, But before we get to any of that... (laughs) um, Before we get to that, though, I think we need to revisit an old friend, mea culpa. Mea culpa.
2: (laughs) Oh boy. Oh no.
1: Um, this, of course, is where we uh, prostrate ourselves. <laughs> uh, that always sounds filthy. Um, because well, of add one men- to
2: next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, prostrate ourselves. Uh,
1: because of the uh, manifold sins we've committed in previous episodes, um, Nathaniel, you're actually getting a little bit of a pass this time, um, mostly because in the last episode you didn't answer the question that was posed. <laughs> It's uh, pretty easy to keep things on the straight and narrow when you're talking about a completely different subject. Uh, let's see. I'm kind of middle of the road here, my usual middling level of hate crime. A uh, couple of low lights. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that a, a potentially little-known subreddit is slash r slash curvy but not too curvy. Uh, you know, misogyny and fat shaming. Um, the, the nadir, however, though, was oh boy. Uh, when combining a, a super team uh, consisting of Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, Bill Clinton and Joe Biden. Yeah, of course. I mean, I went with the standard four part parsing of brains, muscle, uh, face and wild card. And, you know, foolishly, I didn't even think about it. I slotted the one African-American into the muscle category. Now, in my defense, her whole thing is combating childhood obesity, and she's in fantastic shape. Mm-hmm. Also, looking at that group, who else is a potential muscle in that? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if
2: if we didn't, if Biden clearly wasn't the wild card, but then of course you you choose the man as the muscle, which has its own problems as well. So. Yeah.
0: And you know, Jeremy, I, I appreciate your non-apology. I think you've really turned a negative <laughs> into a positive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Lars, did the middle of my apology interrupt your sentence? Um, <laughs> I did want to say, uh, you know, those, those weak statements, notwithstanding, I, I, I should have been more attentive. Mea culpa. Also, boy, Lars, there really is a time to throw stones, uh, not when you're living in a glass house, however. I don't even know where to begin with you. Um, and that's not even including the several minutes that ended up on the cutting room floor where Lars, no joke, extolled the virtues of minstrel shows in American culture. You
0: know what? <laughs> if we'd kept it in, it actually would have sounded less bad.
2: Nope. No. <laughs> not at all. No, no. That's one of those better to uh, think people are racist and, than to speak and remove all doubt sort of things, Lars. You know what? Uh... May I it's no, uh, you Mayacompo. know, not
0: guilty. I'm going to go with not guilty on this. Only God can judge me. Beautiful God up in the sky with his long white beard. <laughs> or herself. Yeah. Oh, nope. Incorrect. Maybe God's a side-by-side. Oh. Or, or an up-and-down.
2: <laughs> Indeed.
1: Yeah.
0: I prefer the up-and-down when it comes to hermaphroditic placement.
1: Getting a jump start on next episode's Maya Culpa already. <laughs> I'd like to also uh, reiterate the fact that Lars said that the evidence would exculpate him if I only kept it in. Yeah,
0: I'm really trying to have it both ways there, much like my favorite hermaphroditic positioning. Mm -hmm. You know what I've realized lately, quick sidebar, is uh, I think an overused trope in podcasting is when they talk about anything not explicitly meant to be discussed in the podcast, and then they apologize for their podcast that is... Oh, well, welcome to our hermaphroditic placement podcast, or oh, well, welcome to our apologies mm. cast.
2: I, I think I, I sometimes like that move, right? The, the podcast within the podcast joke. If they, if they get off topic, they then claim that they're actually doing another inside podcast.
0: I think, I think it's a move that we need to uh, see as overused and then use ourselves as if we have a sense of comic remove from it.
2: Agreed. Welcome
0: to this our comic remove podcast. Yes,
2: all meta, all the time.
1: Yep, I'd like to remind listeners that the next edition of the Cusscast will be playing <laughs> during the middle of this episode. <laughs> so stay riveted to your Dirk Pitt seats.
0: Instantly, instantly, uh, the the and our narrative that we murdered Ryan could continue this week. I guess. I mean, Ryan's dead, right? Yeah, in-universe. I think he's gone. Yeah, is that canon Is that Ryan is Oh, I'm dead? sorry. Excuse me. I don't mean to take over this murdering Ryan podcast that we've yeah. taken. This has been Canon Check.
2: I'm your host.
1: <laughs> Fart noise. You know, I'm going to have to edit that out. Ah, uh, shit. Fart noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, those... That was gold, too. Those pseudo-apologies were shameful in their own way. Let's uh, move forward to the two-minute win-it round.
0: Two-minute win-it.
1: Okay, uh, so our prompt for this time uh, was, what is the best 80s movie never made? It Looks like I'm up first, so I will give you my song and dance. Okay, so the best 80s movie never made is on Golden Pond 2. We left those octogenarians (laughs) just when things were starting to get interesting. Now I'm going to pause here for a moment so the listening public can catch their collective breath. Um, this is actually a topic I know a bit about, as the '80s were my formative years. Lars, it may surprise you to learn that we even had primitive televisions back then. The <laughs> four max headroom shattered them all with his stuttering wisecracks. Uh, when I was a little older, we had a cable, we had cable and a slider box. Instead of a remote control, you used a yardstick. What an era! Coke was it. <laughs> So thanks to that in USA Up All Night, not only did I see a lot of 80s movies, I didn't see a lot of them that were never made. And basically, here's what the Decade Cinnamon boils down to. Screwballs at summer camps or ski resorts trying to get laid. Angsty teens learning bullshit and finding out that homework stinks. <laughs> Nerds getting revenge. Ninjas and muscle men and whatnot. Teen nerds trying to get laid, usually at summer camps or ski resorts or something. (laughs) Unstoppable mass killers cutting up boobs and such. Mm. That's pretty much it. As Sir Arthur (laughs) Thomas Quiller Couch and Christopher Booker claimed, there are only seven basic plots. I listed six, but some of those sex nerds get pretty creative, so that counts double. (laughs) So the best 80s movie never made, nay, the best movie never made, can be discovered by compiling these rudiments into an eighth monolithic uber cinema. So here it is. The movie's called Boner Patrol. (laughs) Here's the pitch. Screwball nerds at a winter ski camp have 24 hours to get laid or become victims of the ski slope strangler. Don't worry. They turn the tables on those stuck-up rich kids at the swanky Alpine Crest camp on the other side of the mountain and their cadre of time-traveling barbarians and samurai who are able to control animals. Uh. In the end, they learned that the real boner magic comes from within. (laughs) Don't you forget about me. Don't, 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 don't.
0: Fantastic. I was really excited about On Golden Pond 2, though. Yeah, I feel like it was a serious bait and switch. I was going to suggest On Golden Pond 2, Cocoon 3.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, and see... um, that that's a hilarious bit because you know I was of course pointing to the fact that they're uh, eighty, mm-hmm. um, but it yeah. was actually technically an eighties movie, so you know it <laughs> works on a couple of levels there.
2: Right. I mean, we have to assume that in the eighties they made movies for people other than teenagers. That that, Ooh, that's that wasn't tough. the only demographic that existed in the eighties. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So boner <laughs> patrol. That's the best I've got. Um, mm-hmm. How do
2: the uh, how do the time traveling samurais figure in? I mean, you made you made sort of you nodded to them, but Fucking how Comcast. central are they to the development of the story?
1: Well, to be frank, they're a little bit tacked on, but every '80s movie had to have some beefcake. That's true, and I appreciate that. You know,
2: would the uh, samurai allow you to recapture some of the uh, racism of some of the John Hughes films?
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, this is a simpler time when you know men were men. And chicks loved hunky buns, and I think we can uh, accommodate everybody.
2: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Unless you're not a white man. Well. Then we get an issue.
2: mm Mm-hmm, obviously.
1: Okay, so that's Boner Patrol coming to a theater near you. Um, Nathaniel, why don't you uh, take it from here?
2: Okay, um... Mine is an a, a 80s film never made, and is actually technically an 80s film that was never made, which is the famous Eric Stoltz version of Back mm-hmm. to the Future. Good choice. And I, for one, would have loved to have seen that version. So, a quick background for people. Eric Stoltz filmed for five weeks many of the scenes of Back to the Future. And Robert Zeme- Zemeckis was displeased with Eric Stoltz's more serious performance. Didn't feel like he was hitting the comedic notes the way that he wanted him to, so he took this to Steven Spielberg, and they convinced the company, the production company, to let them refilm the first five weeks, and they were able to wrangle Michael J. Fox away from Family Ties, which he was currently filming. So I think this would have resulted in a much more serious version of Back to the Future, which would have done several things to improve what is admittedly an already uh, solid film. Um, Eric Stoltz would have brought a steadier hand the role oh my God. Oh my with God. his experience uh as rocky in mask um and as we see from his more recent role starring next to uh, jennifer lopez was it jennifer lopez
1: in angel eyes
2: no not angel eyes
1: <laughs> let's not go there
0: again
2: um anaconda anybody it's a great film that? starring he was eric stoltz it was of course an anaconda who else would you cast an anaconda
1: i oh. saw that at the movie theater
2: <laughs> oh boy, we'll come back. To we'll come back to that. So Stoltz, in his more serious role, would have been a much, would have been a much better straight man to Christopher Lloyd, who would have benefited uh, from having someone playing opposite to him that was much more serious. The zaniness of Christopher Lloyd's Doc Brown would have come more to the fore with that kind of presence. I also think, and most importantly, Stoltz's seriousness would have really brought out and intensified the moral dilemmas that they're, that they're at. at, at whoa, boy. <laughs> the moral dilemmas that are at the heart of Back to the Future, such as the trouble of time travel and obviously the weird sexual tension he has with his mother, which in the Michael J. Fox version comes across as funny and goofy and zany which, when it's in fact very, very fucked up and not funny at all. And I think Eric Stoltz would have brought that with his angular face um, and red hair, I think, would have been much better able to bring that out. And so I think what you'd have is instead of a zany madcap romp through time, you would have something much more like a morality tale about the dangers of time travel um, and, and sort of the, the morality of, of sex and reproduction, things that are very much in that film, but don't show up in that film by virtue of Michael J. Fox's admittedly stellar comedic performance. So I would have, the 80s movie I would like to have seen made was the Eric Stoltz version of Back to the Future. Thank you. So it would have
1: been a Tyler Perry style morality play where at the end, uh, his girlfriend Jennifer would say, Look upon this devastation and despair. Yes. Ye motherfuckers.
2: Well well, point of fact, two additional uh, notes Eric Stoltz actually is in the film for one brief moment. He is the fist that punches Biff in the diner scene. Huh. Um, you can tell from the angle of the punch as well as the background and the fact that the actor playing Biff looks uh, his lost weight in the interim. Um yeah, and,
1: I think I can recognize Eric Stoltz's fist, okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but speaking of morality, Crispin Glover is on record of saying he, he takes issue because the film avoids the morality of time travel and sex and relationships. Huh. It tends to make the payoff his financial success. So the morals of those films are essentially something like, money equals happiness, which nice. was basically a kind of fairly typical moral for those 80s films. So, you know, you have um, Christmas Vacation, although it's the early 90s, right? You have all this thing, and ultimately, right, they get, he gets the bonus at the end of the movie, and they're all happy, right? It's a very 80s kind of celebration of wealth. Um, and that's essentially the only moral that's available once you go the, the sort of slapstick, overly humorous version. So. There's
0: also there's another element of the... Of the bad past that I didn't think about where Crispin Glover is wearing those really intense horn rim glasses, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like he's stuck in the 50s. So yeah. I guess in a way the you know the new future is more untethered from the past, because I was going to say he's mm-hmm. richer, but he also has more confidence than he mm-hmm. would have right mm-hmm. I mean he's confident enough to tell Biff to wax the car again he's confident enough to you know play tennis and smack his wife in the ass but i guess I guess there's also just that confidence probably comes from being from money but also from being separate from the past i don't know mm hmm
1: I wonder if Crispin was more satisfied with his role in Hot Tub Time Machine, where some of those issues did get played out in terms of, you know, uh, one character in particular, um, you know, games the system to invent Google and be a rock star and those sorts of things. And it kind of ends that way. Um, but perhaps there is a uh, a nod to the potential ramifications of that. Crispin's character, of course, um, is missing an arm. <laughs> Lars, I'll just bring you up to speed here. <laughs> um, and uh, so a running gag is sort of, at what point in the past does he lose this arm? Mm-hmm. Oddly yeah. enough, uh, Eric Stoltz's fist is involved. <laughs> Have you seen Hop Time Machine 2? Uh, no, I am a uh, living person. I did not see that. <laughs>
2: I saw it. What did you think, Nathaniel? I haven't. I've have seen either of them. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Lars, you saw the sequel, but not the original, huh? Were you lost plot-wise? I saw both. I like that
0: you assumed that I didn't see the original, though. I thought um, the the sequel, the trailer makes the sequel appear as though it's a series of time travels into an uncertain past. But actually, the sequel is kind of lackluster journeys into the future to try to figure out an element of the near future, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the worst thing ever.
1: I heard they actually, the sequel was a remake of the first one, but from Chevy Chase's point of view.
0: (laughs) Oh, Chevy. Yeah. I hope that guy's okay. He's not. God (laughs) love you, Chevy Chase. Man. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't know if I detected an earlier draft of a much darker answer, Nathaniel, when you said that Eric Stoltz would have lent the film a steadier hand I, uh, I thought that this was really going into a
2: pretty intense place, and I then he know.
1: reiterated it with that stuttering halfway through. <laughs> I, whether whether I, or not you intended to do I, that, the effects matter. Yeah, I don't. Right.
2: I have no idea what you're talking about, Lars. Yeah. What did you think I was suggesting? To a to our culpa, Nathaniel. What did you think? I, where did you think I was going, Lars? I mean, having no uh, idea know, what not, you're talking about. I'm not going to say, say what it
0: was, but there was somebody on this podcast where the first words out of their, you know what? I'm not even, even, <laughs> even going to go down this road. <laughs> this is going to end up in the cutting room floor. Let me just say this: none of us with or without sin. Fair enough, Lars. Yeah. Hmm.
1: That's actually a quotation from The Road Warrior.
2: Mm-hmm. You're, you're
0: up, party boy. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Okay, so uh, this is. Uh, this is lars again the greatest 80s movie never made is a movie called james spader is an asshole it's actually a documentary and it stars james spader and he drives around in a delorean wearing a black sport coat and aviator sunglasses just mercilessly mocking other celebrities to their faces um here are a few excerpts hey molly ringwald congratulations on your success You are on a train that will never stop rolling. Hey, quick question. Do you ever worry about the fact that you play the same character with the same look in every single movie? (laughs) That hasn't occurred to you? Oh, God, I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, can I get your advice on something? I have a friend who starred in about three movies despite the fact that she's actually not pretty enough to carry a movie. That friend is you by the way. So what's your next project? The Pickup Artist with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that'll that'll be a box office smash. That guy can't lose and he never makes mistakes. Hey, I tell you what, when he invites you to go out partying with him, do it. Nothing can go wrong. That guy's a peach. Oh, you're shooting tomorrow? Oh man, you need your rest. You know what? Go home early tonight and just get some surgery. You need it. Goodbye. Catty. Another excerpt. Corey, Corey Feldman. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I saw Goonies. It was great. You play a great early teenager. Everyone thinks you're so cute. No, no, no. Don't worry about growing out of that. No, cute young. no cute young person ever has a bad future. They never grow up to... I have a face like a melted candle, so don't worry about that. Then, hey, listen, I don't care what anyone says. I think your lisp sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell you have a lisp. It's like I'm talking to Daffy Duck. Again, don't worry about it. If they think it's cute now, they'll always think it's cute. Hey, where are you going? Come on, on, um, don't take everything so seriously. Hey, Goonies never give up, right? Is that the line? No, I didn't see the movie. Go fuck yourself. I'm, I'm not going to watch a kid's movie. Grow up. And that that's my pitch. James Spader is an asshole. I did cut out a final excerpt where he talks to Charlie Sheen and he uses the phrase AIDS schmades. Uh, but I thought that was in too poor taste for the
2: podcast. Yeah. Glad you didn't say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a, that's an interesting take. I'm going to tell you, though, you've made one critical error, which is... Uh, James Spader is uh, perhaps my my favorite actor, and Uh-oh. so I'm I'm a, a connoisseur of his work. And while I think you've tapped into some aspects of his, you know, his less than zero persona, let's say, you're overlooking the the breadth the man has in something like a mannequin, right? <laughs> that is a great where point, Jeremy. Yeah,
0: what about we about three might, days in the valley.
1: We might all remember uh, where he plays the wormy. Uh, you know, underling at the uh, department store and has his, uh, you know, security guard sidekick who would later be the uh, commandant in the Police Academy movies. Huh. No, I didn't, you know what, mannequin. What I'm saying is that you failed to communicate (laughs) his raw sexuality, his (laughs) animal passion. You failed to embody that. You know what, go watch Wolf. Take a, take a couple of notes and then come back to me.
0: He does a lot of big eye acting and mannequin, according to Google Images.
1: It would also be ironic for him to cast aspersions on Molly uh, Ringwald's acting choices. Uh, right. Given that he's one of those dudes who will do just about
2: anything. Yeah. As Soon as the check clears, he's yeah. in love with the script.
1: Cash those checks, Jimmy.
0: I I don't know though. I feel like he. I feel like I think his career's had some interesting legs between. You know, three days in the valley or two days in the valley, whatever it was. Boston Legal, Ultron. I think he's maintained a more evergreen reputation, whereas I think Ringwald is just, well, less than zero. Oh yeah.
1: boy! I heard her on a podcast talking about her daughter, who has, I think, some learning disabilities or something.
0: Thanks.
1: Interesting, Interesting choice. Nothing yeah. funny about that. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: Stargate. It's great in Stargate, let's face it. Oh, that's right. He was in Stargate.
0: Yeah. He was I wonder Stargate. why he didn't
2: do the television series. Oh yeah We know he'll do television.
0: Yeah, but they had to give it to uh, you know, I I think that they, you know, MacGyver is looking for something something.
1: Richard new. Dean Anderson always needs work. <laughs> Fun <laughs> fact Yeah. Yeah, oh, Damn, yeah that's what that is. Oh no, no, no sorry, <laughs> I thought guy. you saying,
0: <laughs> I thought you were saying Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Very
1: decent. Yep. The goddamn
2: Stargates Yep. Yeah, yeah. Avenge me. Yeah, I'm not going through that Stargate till we get this bonus situation worked out.
1: <laughs> Nathaniel, I love how perked up you got by Stargate, a middling <laughs> franchise at best. Wow, he was in Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> space Nine.
2: Uh, just we just say DS Nine, Jeremy. <laughs> Boy, does it
0: hurt when they ask.
1: All right. Well, that'll yeah. do it for the two-minute win at round. Uh none of them was two minutes and nobody won. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Ryan's Ryan's death is really affecting us. Oh man,
0: it's really well, this is technically morning episodes, another 40, right? So
1: yeah. I gotta tell you, I think we finished this up not a moment too soon. I'm sweating like I stole something over here. <laughs> Jeez, is my thermostat broken? It feels damp in here. Do you mean your bodily thermostat? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Tender confession. Oh, Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, that's right. It's back. Like a recurrent STI. Only this burns everywhere. (laughs) Tender confession. (laughs) I don't want to do this. I'm being forced into it. Isn't that always the way? (laughs) Tendo. (laughs) From Ashley Madison to the DNC, it seems like cheaters everywhere are getting hacked these days. So our first confession is, what website are you most afraid of being hacked? Hmm. Nathaniel?
2: Oh, a website that I have an account on? That I'm (laughs) worried people will find out that I have an account on?
1: No, just general fear for the state of civilization.
2: Oh! Uh -oh. (laughs) FBI.gov.
1: You know, you can answer this however you you want, because it's going to be wrong.
2: Hmm. Porn tube? <laughs> oh my
0: god, there are moments in this podcast where things get so unexpectedly real that I feel like I could cut the atmosphere with a knife, and that was certainly one of them. Simple
1: and direct. Lars? <laughs>
0: Oh, um, you know, uh, Chuck E. Cheese webcams.com.
1: Mm, close. The correct answer is Club Penguin. Tender <laughs> Confessions. And hey there, Black Hats. If you want something to hack, let's start with Lars's circumcision. <laughs> Next confession, tell us. What's the last <laughs> lie you told, Nathaniel?
2: Uh... When I thanked Lars for our years of friendship.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'm just, fuck you, fuck you, Nathaniel. We're friends. (laughs) God damn it. You know what? Fine. All right. Sorry, Jeremy, what's next? Jesus.
1: Mm, I love the tension, but both answers are wrong. The correct answer is you drank almond milk straight from the carton and then denied it. (laughs) (laughs) I need a tenderoni like we've got to the end it's always my favorite part so tell us when were your parents most disappointed by you nathaniel
2: i think five minutes after i was born
1: (laughs) i'd like to be in that room (laughs) lars uh
0: we took a long road trip a few weeks ago and i played them all the agony cast podcasts (laughs) (laughs) they would have been upset but for the i mean i couldn't tell if they were upset they were already dead
1: Wait till this gets published. Tender confessions. <laughs> the correct answer is now, always, and forever. Right now. Well, as usual, I'm finished early. I'm gonna go hang around the Portage Johns at a James Taylor concert. Just see what happens. <laughs> Until the next time we share our tender <laughs> confessions. Mm. Oh boy, a little known fact: I get paid by the whisper. Clearly. All right. So moving on to our uh, speed round. Speed round. As folks know, this is where we will all uh, respond to a randomly determined prompt. It looks like our first prompt this week is, what are some words added to the dictionary in 2016? (laughs) Mm, Very timely. So what are some new words Added to the dictionary this year.
2: Uh, tromboning was added as a verb.
1: Now, what is that? Give me a uh, definition there.
2: Um, it's, it's, a, it's a way of uh, getting free things out of a vending machine.
1: Okay. So it sounds like a sexual favor for pocket change. Is that what you're saying? <laughs>
2: yep. It, in, it is indeed.
1: See, I thought it may have had something to do with Trump, which is probably going to be a word added this year. hmm Right. Trumping. Mm. I guess that's already a word.
2: Well, they're going to add a definition, so it won't necessarily be just about cards, playing cards anymore.
1: Right. Now, here's a thought. If there is a, a verb or an, a word, let's say, that gets associated with Trump, what would it be? See, my thought would be it's when you go into a situation that anyone else would easily uh, win, easily become <laughs> the victor right right um but your flaws are so significant that um you're the only person for whom uh loss is an option
0: that's good i, like I feel that. like uh, i feel like bluff bluff could become a synonym with uh with trump which is doesn't really work for cards but works for the man mhm
1: yeah i mean perhaps just to uh, put a button on this um perhaps it would it, trumping would be um, making borderline overt the uh, heretofore unsaid uh, prejudices of culture. Right. Mm-hmm. So, hang up that goddamn phone before I stab somebody.
0: Is that is that is that the Lord and Savior calling on. you, Nathaniel? Nathaniel, this is your mother.
2: Okay.
1: Um, what were we? Words. Right. Yeah. Right. right, so um you know just as a you know the most recent example being the uh, clearly implied connection between uh, Hillary and uh, Judaism uh, mm. a, a, you know right. a, and and clearly it's overt but it's it's uh, you know also decried as being well that that's the fault of Microsoft shapes or or that could be a sheriff's star right sure, it could be a lot <laughs> of things right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right uh, I guess I think I mean yeah trumping could be uh like really not doing a lot of research on something. I mean, trumping could be, it'd be great if trumping became the word for, you know, uh, passing on a link without looking at it,
2: right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great, that's a great sure. word. Ooh, I like that. I have another word I'd like to, I think is going to, we'll, we'll go into the dictionary, is the, 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 the word frontlash?
1: Okay. Oh.
2: Which is when you, you respond to the backlash before the backlash actually happens.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay,
2: I, I, I think I have to answer this, guys. <laughs> okay. Hello? Yes. Hi.
1: Well, I suppose yes. now's the time to talk about uh, Nathaniel-oriented things. Yeah, right, right, right. 2-12. Hope he's okay. That's clearly his credit card Hi. company reporting a overcharge from PornTube.
2: You recording? There we yes. go. Uh, I want to propose frontlash, which is the... What is uh, that? Thanks for asking, Lars. A frontlash is when someone responds to backlash that hasn't yet happened. So it's an overly defensive posturing where you imagine what the backlash will be, and then you cut that backlash, backlash off at the pass with what is called frontlash. Interesting. So, right. I know people are going to say this right? when I post this, but they're wrong for these reasons. And that is frontlash. <sighs> it probably is particular to social media because all probably any form of communication where the responses become so pat that they're pretty predictable. And so right. you can basically predict what the backlash will be when a post comes out. And so you basically just skip ahead a step and respond to the backlash that you know will invariably come and essentially how that backlash will be phrased. And... Do you
0: respond to it? I guess you have options, but do, do you respond to it by providing a rebuttal in your argument or by uh, saying, oh, and don't even get me started on,
2: right. you know? Yeah, it's not so much a rebuttal in the same way that backlash isn't actually a rebuttal either. It's We're a kind that. of much more emotive huh. performance.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
2: Also, Frontlash kind of sounds a little filthy, which it yeah, has it that really going does.
0: for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. S and M. Yeah, I was thinking. Uh, I feel like I mean, Facebook launched their live system, right, where things can be happening live and then broadcast. Maybe "living" could become a verb this year.
1: I'm thinking along the lines of something like FOMO, which has become a colloquialism, right? What about um, What about FOSO? Fear of screen off. Okay? Yeah. Uh-huh. If you're not. Sc- Staring at a glowing rectangle, you get the you get the prickly heats. Right, and, and in do. English,
0: it means pit, translated from Spanish.
1: Well, that's a that's a feather in its cap.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that I think that
1: sounds yeah.
0: Fear of screen off. I think that's probably true. Oh Jesus! All that stuff about technology being addictive is pretty. Uh, I don't know what to do other than ignore it and go back to my screens. Mm-hmm. That's
2: what I do.
1: Wow, these modern inventions, right? Uh Am I right, folks? Uh Modern wonders or modern blunders?
2: (laughs) Is podcasting in the dictionary yet? Oh, that's a great one.
1: That's not going to be up to us. (laughs) None of this is up to us. (laughs) It's in urban dictionary, although it's the third definition. I'll I'll give you a couple chances to guess what the first two are. (laughs) Is
2: nothing sacred urban dictionary?
1: All right. Any other words that are going to come out of twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen. We can also
2: predict words, right? Words that have not yet come yeah, to use. Right,
1: I would right. assume. Yeah.
2: I think what Jeremy about... had something funny. No,
1: I, <laughs> no, I, I didn't. But I did have. What about Celebra Live? Which is the few celebrities that live through twenty sixteen will be marked <laughs> as such.
2: Mm, mm-hmm. Still alive.
1: Or survivor No. Right.
2: So, of course, David Bowie is a part of that, as, as is Alan Rickman. <laughs> they have to live. They are alive, right? Oh, uh, that's right. No. Wow. According uh, to some of us. According split to some on of us. Yeah, as a, as a group, we, are, we
1: have not yet determined that. Yeah. I don't remember if I won that one or not, and that's what determines which truth stands. That's canon.
2: <laughs> yeah, speaking, we're back to canon talk. The DJ <laughs> oh, well, fart noise.
1: Coming up on the Cuss Cast: How will they get out of the Sahara Desert? <laughs> that really is
2: our primary Clive Cussler. Why are too. they
1: still being choked by an anaconda? It doesn't make sense. The weather is dry, but the action is slick. Custcast. Hot, Hot. <laughs> I'd like to see the 80s movie uh, Dirk Pitt played by Eric Stoltz. Mm. It's basically Anaconda, but a much lower budget.
2: (laughs) John Voight was also in Anaconda. I think he should be in in this one as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Would you still have that weird accent? I
1: kind of saw that. uh, I quite explicitly saw that at the theater, but kind of on a date, and it was the girl's choice. (sighs)
0: Did she? Was she a real anaconda? Is that a thing? Did your anaconda want
1: some? <laughs> it had buns, hon. Yeah. <laughs> I should point out I am married to someone else at this point.
0: Yeah. No, obviously. <laughs> oh, so it wasn't
1: it wasn't her that uh, it wasn't your wife. It was. It was <laughs> no, my wife did not suggest we go see Anaconda at the movie theater.
2: <laughs> my mom w- once went on a first date, and the fella took her to see Deliverance. Wow! <laughs> did he try the popcorn trick? Yeah, there was no follow up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy, and at what point? Yeah. Was it
2: his was it his choice or hers? Oh,
1: he was the popcorn
2: trick was poorly timed.
1: <laughs> well, I can kinda of see his point. It's like Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty. Yeah. Right. Those are a couple of slices yep. of beefcake. And you yeah. know, back in those days we didn't have your internets, your worldwide webs, oh. your YouTubes. We didn't know yep. what the movie was about. No
0: one knew yet. No one knew. No, it's just a famous novel by James Dickey.
1: Mm. I I once a similar situation Um, uh, this is a movie's a slightly more obscure are you guys familiar with Pink Flamingos yeah John (laughs) Waters film yeah the the same same uh, situation where we'd kind of heard about this I mean you know this was well past its theatrical release if it had one um, but we'd, uh, uh, heard about this film and we were in Austin and we were like, oh yeah, they're playing it at a theater. She and I, and one other person who of course sat right behind us, <laughs> right behind us. Wow. Right behind her. you. Yep. I didn't even get tromboned or whatever it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was an early, an early date I had with, uh, with the person that, that you all know, um, from our time together and, uh, I watched uh, we watched Be Kind Rewind, which I still find very evocative in its uh, portrayal of a small town deciding on its history collective that kind of thing, and especially at the end, I think it's really you know it's very emotional, and so I began to cry. And she turned she turned to me near the end and said, "Are you crying?" And that was
1: that was not great. And then you said through your tears, "Do you want some popcorn?" <laughs> that is the
2: best time to do the popcorn, For a trick. second. Yeah, we're, we need to move on because we're about a minute away from Jeremy giving us a ringing endorsement of Requiem for a Dream. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's true. Nathaniel and I saw that on our little date together.
2: Yep. A movie that Jeremy noise. once described as infinitely watchable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so our next topic are, uh, or is, things that Jeb Bush has begged people to clap for. Boy, timely as if ripped from today's headlines. <laughs> What that are some that, things
2: that he's finally weaned himself off of Barbara's teat? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, did he say that in a speech, or was that just on the street yelling at people?
2: Yeah, I mean, th- nobody was there when it happened, but he still, who <laughs> would he still would like people to clap for it.
0: He was just had on a t shirt. People, yeah, I'm
2: weaned.
1: I believe that scene went like this: clap for me, please. Clap for me.
2: <laughs> I found a new one. Oh, Jeb's rooting again nailed nailed my brother she's alive right
1: this is this is kosher right yeah you know i think it's actually pretty appropriate that we're talking about jeb bush months after his campaign has fallen into ruin there's something fitting about that isn't there yeah Yeah,
2: there is that's that's the agony cast way i think he's not yet endorsed trump right
1: Oh, uh-huh. no, no, no. He, no he's no, counter-endorsed
2: Trump. So I think, I think he probably wants people to clap for that.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah his
0: non-endorsement.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, I think he wants people to clap for his macrame artwork. That's
1: right. That's perfect. Yeah. If you were a betting man, who would you think for the cycle coming up here? I'm not talking about this election. I'm talking about, what year is this, 2016? 2020. Oh, yes. 2020.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, the, that that lineup of, like, uh, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, um, I mean, I mm-hmm. think that they're the two big up-and-comers to watch in the Democratic Party, but I don't actually know. I mean, and the ages for Elizabeth Warren don't work out because she's only a few years younger than Clinton. I don't know if that matters.
1: Well, and I guess a lot of this will hinge on what happens with the election, right? right. Are we talking right. about a midterm for Clinton or a mm-hmm. midterm for Trump? Although if he wins, there's no way he's finishing a term. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb
2: also recently was potty trained for the first time, so I think we could all clap for that.
1: Yeah. I'm noticing a theme with your response. You know know what
2: my theme is? Sticking to the fucking topic is my theme.
1: I think one time Jeb Bush um, was actually allowed by George W. Bush to get the crowd riled up at a Rangers game, so he did ask people to clap. For the the hometown sports team. Although he kind of botched it a bit. I have some rough cut YouTube video and he's clapping and shouting, Come on, give it up for the Rangers. What are you, a bunch of pussies? Come on.
2: The one time George let him pin him when they were wrestling.
1: Okay, so those are uh, things Jeb Bush has begged people to clap for. All right, to finish us up here, uh, what is the latest controversy from a Hardee's or Carl's Jr. commercial? I don't even understand this question. (laughs) What, what, what was the original controversy from a Hardee's Carl's Jr. commercial? Anyone I know? It,
2: I think it was their sort of objectification of women. They seem to be very aggressive in that regard.
1: Okay. I just thought maybe, you know, showing the food they produce was borderline <laughs> oh, hate I, crime.
2: I think the ongoing controversy is, is that they, they act as if the food is somehow edible.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, was in some uh, in some places, they've combined with uh, Green Burrito, I think, uh, which is sort of a Mexican chain. I think that's the Carl's Jr. Especially, so uh, perhaps their attempt to be healthy is uh, is a new controversy.
2: I'm still not clear what the difference between Hardee's and Carl's Jr. is. I mean, that's that's never been resolved for me in a satisfactory way.
1: I think it's the same place. It's just different names in different regions, right? Yeah, that's right.
2: I guess that's satisfactory. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, here in the
1: here I'm praying on you. Here
0: on yeah. the West <laughs> Coast, there's all this crazy stuff. There's um Edie's is called dryers. Um for some reason I can't determine. And Hellman's is referred to as best foods, like mayonnaise. Hmm. Are you pulling these off the top of your head? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real things. Everything else is the same. All the packaging and everything else, the font—it's just the words are different. It's, no, uh, no, I, so b-
1: I believe the veracity of your claims. I'm just stupefied that you had the different <laughs> product names of mayonnaise ready to go at a moment's notice. Yeah.
0: Oh, mayonnaise is delicious. You heard it here first. Well, in, in, well, in uh, I'm going to break it down in this mayo cast.
1: In... And <laughs> welcome to the Mayo Cast. I'm your host, Hellman. That's, that is not going to make it. I might leave that in just to punish you. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, 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 that's, that's fair.
1: Well, let's see, what are some potential controversies there? Who's well, Carl's dad? Oh, yeah. Good point. Paternity what if it's Jack Paternity, in the Box?
2: Right? <laughs> Carl's Jr. is going to go on Mori Povich. <laughs> he looks nothing like that, that guy from Jack in the Box. Yeah, he doesn't have a cartoon face. Is what? the Burger King Carl's Jr.'s dad? Oh, uh, and yeah. his mom is, of course, probably either the Dairy Queen or Wendy's or Qdoba.
0: Oh, poor Wendy. Oh God, that's
1: <laughs> It didn't go the obvious route, huh? <laughs> no, no, no. I also prefer Wendy's because it's plural. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think technically it's possessive, but I, I want to believe that uh, a Burger Man has multiple mothers. I there's, think there's more think...
0: than one Wendy. I think there's something very, very unnecessarily lascivious about making Wendy the mother, as she appears to be one of those ageless children, like uh, Kirsten Dunst in the yeah, but she's also
2: vaguely sort of nineteenth century, where women, you know, already had several children at the age of (laughs)
1: eighteen. Well, that's okay.
2: So you're so to go back to Jeremy. Jeremy, you're suggesting that Carl's Carl was raised in some sort of Kresh style family situation.
1: (laughs) I think that's obvious, don't you? (laughs) It is now. Oh, here's a life hack, mayonnaise boy. Did you know that uh, Wendy's, that little icon, in the frill of her shirt, it says mom? Oh, Think
0: no. Think about that. Mm. So was Wendy's his mother? Was Wendy's his yeah. mother?
2: Mm. Did,
1: uh, you're uh-huh. too young to remember this, Lars, but uh, Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, used to do his own commercials. That was yeah. a great idea.
2: To quote to quote a more, a more recent Fergie song, MILF, milf, milf money.
1: What, what does that have to do with this? <laughs>
2: Because Wendy is, is, is uh, as a as a MILFish character,
1: Caligula. I think you're confusing. Have app- two appetites.
2: This is. We're suggesting is, that she has children. She is neither
0: supposed to be. She, <laughs> she is always childlike, never matronly. So I don't know if that MILF category applies. But it says mom right on her.
1: Yeah, she's literally stamped with it. Yeah. Respond,
2: uh, respond to that. cool You know, you got me there. Yeah. That kind of oh, recalls.
1: Uh, um, so Dave Thomas did do his own commercials. And I believe Wendy's is named for his mother, if I'm not mistaken. That would explain the mom tag. Um, but then remember how, oh, no, wait, I guess it's his daughter. Because wasn't the real Wendy briefly their pitch man? Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, you, I kind of I thought it, it
1: was, you know, know, a not middle-aged, but, you know, um, not a a young woman and i believe she had red hair and i think she was the actual wendy and then they yep. i believe she had
2: forward. red hair i'm not confident enough to confirm that so i'm just going to say i believe she had red hair <laughs> that sound familiar was
1: that She's that, was, that was
0: after dave thomas died from a heart attack
1: oh well after yes mm. this is in uh this is in your memory lars okay.
2: <laughs> i actually wore for two days a black armband after after dave thomas died soaked
1: with grease yeah <laughs> <laughs> although there's nothing new about that for your clothing
0: Oh, yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I, I just found an image of, uh, of Wendy as the Wendy spokesperson. I'll put it in the
2: chat. Yeah, That's my his way, daughter, mind. is it? While we're talking fast food, food, can I take a moment to recommend the number four at Arby's, It's just the <laughs> Reuben.
0: Do you remember the first time I heard that you and Ryan had eaten there and I said, oh, uh, how did
1: that
2: happen? <laughs> Jeremy and I used to go all like once a week.
1: Not by choice. I did not want to do it. But you, so but you did. But you did. Well, I'm guilty and I deserve to be punished. Oh, yeah, there she is. And see, I mean, she's just a, a normal looking person. And yet I think pretty quickly they were like, no, nope, let's give her the hook. Because you'll you'll recall that the more recent Wendy's spokeswoman is a very pixie-ish, picky, pixie-esque uh, girl who mm-hmm. I don't believe for a moment has consumed a single calorie at Wendy's.
0: No, that sounds about right.
2: I don't like any of my spokespeople to look like people who've eaten at where I'm going to go eat. Right. I like it if they, if they don't at all resemble people who would use whatever product they're endorsing. Yeah. So I hate infomercials. That Wendy's
0: they're, daughter looks a lot like Rosie O'Donnell
2: with red dyed hair.
1: Well, there's a controversy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. A
2: controversy. Unfortunately, not about Hardy's or Carl's Jr.
1: <laughs> well, we're a little wide of the mark, but we're doing the best we can.
2: We're we are doing a lot with what is a really bad prompt that we're only doing to honor ryan's memories <laughs> his, his dismembered memory dismemory
0: Hey, that's it for 2016
2: yep
1: mm-hmm.
2: on it for all the for all the facebook pages for dead people
1: oh yeah <laughs> yeah all right so a g- good addition to a comedy podcast so on that note <laughs> why don't we turn to our final resting place the vote 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 um let's see voting's always weird when we've got 3 people. I guess just vote who for whomever you want including yourself. Um let's see. I'm going first. Nathaniel, I liked what you had to say, but um I think you lost a little bit because you are piggybacking off um an existing fantasy, right? <laughs> we all know about the uh the Eric Stoltz um back to the future. It's not going to happen. Um, so I think that, that may took away a little bit, although I, I, I did like your response. Um, Lars, uh, I'm thrilled that you brought up James Spader. Um, he's uh, also on my, my list of people, um, that I would copulate with, um, <laughs> even now, I think more so now because he'd be more grateful. Oh yeah. But, um, because wow. of that, um, I, I don't think you did him full justice, mm. Um, and I can't, in good conscience, vote for myself. I'm going to go with Ted Cruz.
0: <laughs> throw, throw a couple votes that guy that way guy's way.
1: Uh, let's see, Nathaniel, who's who are you voting for?
2: Uh, I'm going to vote for me from you. What?
1: <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> I'm voting for myself, but on behalf of Jeremy. Oh, that's
0: Fair perfect. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it, got it. Uh, I mean, in the interest of a quorum, I'm very interested in voting for uh, for Nathaniel, but my vote was going to be for, for Jeremy, so I don't know if that's – it might be a three-way tie.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, you know Cruz. what we do in those situations? Um, electoral college? <laughs> yeah. Um, hey. We hope that things straighten out in Florida. <laughs>
2: I think Jeremy is a more populous state, so I think Ted Cruz wins the Electoral College. I think that's right.
0: Power of editing. Fart noise.
1: Well, uh, then let's... um, let's My vote's
2: basically the western half of Nebraska. (laughs)
1: Let's then select a topic that uh, Ted Cruz himself would approve of. How about which subject should the next season of Serial cover? Cereal the podcast, not cereal the breakfast food, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. What subject should that, the next season of cereal cover?
2: Because as we know, cereals are routinely rolled out as seasons.
1: Right. By there the way, seasons.
2: what was your favorite season of Cheerios, Jeremy?
1: Honey Nut, I suppose. <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to say chocolate, but come on, you're eating Cheerios for kids. Yeah,
2: chocolate Cheerios. I mean, Frosted Cheerios
0: are pretty, uh, pretty edible. Those actually yeah. are pretty good. Mm. I did have a friend. I, I used to eat those box at a time. I had, I had a friend who uh, brought home e- eggnog ice cream to his family uh, around Christmas, and, uh, and they were like, eggnog, oh, that's gross. How could you eat eggnog ice cream? And he responded, uh, it's the new seasonal flavor. But when he told me the story for years, I thought he said, it's a new season of flavor.
1: And so I
0: I really, I like that positivity and I like the idea that we would talk about cereal next time, but we can talk about the podcast if you wish.
1: Okay, so you can expect a lot more thrilling yarns about frozen dairy treats in the next edition of the Agony cast. Until then, I don't know. All right, that's it. Have we lost, have we lost Lars again?
0: Are you fucking kidding me?
1: (laughs) 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 The <laughs> End